Hi, I'm Alex Kaola, and you're listening to Intuition Calling, the podcast designed to help you self-actualize. My background as a corporate leader turned professional intuitive and executive coach has provided me with a ton of insight into the process of understanding human potential, growth, and the pursuit of our calling. I believe that in order to navigate our path with confidence, we have to strengthen the resonance of our intuition so that when it calls you, you're ready to answer. Each episode, I answer your questions, either solo or with another intuitive leader. You can write in with your questions to me on Instagram at High Priestess of Brooklyn. Now, let's start our call. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Intuition Calling. I'm absolutely pumped for this episode today, as you can probably hear by the excitement in my voice. We have my friend and intuitive leader, Lindsay Simsick, on the podcast today. She is the co-host of Almost 30, Morning Microdose, and her own course, The Sacredness of Being Single. She is an absolute gift, a queen, and a queen of pentacles, I'll say. So she's an, uh, she's an airy and earthy queen, just given her chart. So we do talk about astrology a bit at the beginning and more particularly Lindsay's nodal return, which is her North node is in Aries. Her South node is in Libra, which is the nodal axis in the sky right now. Hence the nodal return and how she's embodying stepping into that Aries archetype, which is her soul's path in learning. So applicable to many of you who either have that nodal axis, who identify as trying to step into more of that Aries archetype, trusting your gut, really following your intuition, really all the themes that we talk about here on this podcast. So we also, we bumped this episode up a bit. It was meant to come out in a few weeks, but there's a couple different things that emerge from this podcast that are hyper relevant to the current climate. So not only is it Virgo season and Lindsay's a Virgo, but Mercury just went retrograde in Virgo and Mars moved into Virgo. So we talk about some Virgo themes as well, like the idea that God or the divine is in the details. And I think it's very helpful given the current season and climate to hear some of the advice that comes from Lindsay, who is very acclimated with the Virgo element in her life. And we also talk about the anticipation and preparation for motherhood, which Lindsay is in that mode right now, which is so exciting. So I think this episode was really so resonant with me personally, not only because we're friends and I've watched her grow a human spirit in her, but also to watch her gracefully move through the experience of becoming a mother. Her intentionality around the process is so refreshing. And the way she thinks about motherhood as being an impetus for intuitive expression and creative expression versus a 
complete overhaul of life as she knows it. She thinks about it more as an integration and less as a severance. And that was really eye-opening for me, and I'm sure it will be eye-opening for many of you, and I'm sure many of you can relate to this who are already mothers or parents and what that feels like for you or the process that you've gone through to integrate your children, your spiritual soul bonds into this human life and the the amount that you can prepare for that and the amount that you can hold joy for that. So it is so amazing to have not only friends who are going first and pioneering this motherhood journey, I'll say for myself. Um, I also have had the pleasure of my sister going first and to just watch the the different takes on motherhood quite as unique as us as human beings is so wonderful and i'm almost emotional thinking about just this insane luck that i have and i'll say this um this abundance of of friendship and sisterhood and just resources to, I said it in the podcast, sample from and feel into and then take it and riff on it and go forward with my own experience in motherhood. I'm not pregnant. At least I don't think I am as of right this second. Um, but I am preparing for that and I'm really opening and expanding in a different way, moving through, uh, what I'll say was a lot of fear probably six months ago to a year ago. And so to be around Lindsay and watch her like go through this process has been extremely, I'll say healing and, a fresh perspective on motherhood and it's so cool. So speaking of Mercury retrograde, back to what I said earlier, at the end of this episode, I had some technical difficulties. Long story short, my mic cut out and you know, we roll with it. We were filming technically right at the start of Mercury retrograde a little bit before and it doesn't negate from the great information that steps forward. It's just my voice will sound different um, because I don't have my microphone anymore. You know, we roll with it. We move. We adapt. And I'm very, very excited again for you all to hear this episode. If you love it, please consider sharing with a friend and that is a massive help as we grow this indie podcast from the ground up and we'll connect on social media at high priestess of brooklyn which is my handle you can find Lindsay's information via the show notes but it's 
at Lindsay Simsick on pretty much every platform. And if you haven't heard Almost 30 yet, are you living under a rock? <laughs> Go listen to them immediately after this. Um, and they are Almost 30 pretty much everywhere that you get your podcasts. And that's their website as well. So I'll talk to you next week. Enjoy. Hi, Lindsay Simsick, as I live and breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, my sweet. Oh, my God. It's so fun to be on your podcast. The receiving this rebirth. The rebirth of the of the pod through you <sighs> has yeah, I'm just so I'm honored and I'm so excited for I you. I mean, I'm honored. You're this is podcast royalty. <laughs> <laughs> the queen is here. <laughs> the queen of pentacles. I'll take it. Yes. <laughs> as you should. I will truly take it. Well, <laughs> uh, if you don't know Lindsay already, she hosts she is an incredible intuitive host and guide most notably through Almost 30, but also through her own community called The Sacredness of Being Single, which I've been so lucky to be a part of. And you're just an incredible, you and Krista both are incredible connectors, really just community builders. And it's so amazing to see just you and your element. Thank you. Speaking of elements, I do want to ask you just before we even get started, your big three, your sun, moon, and rising so that we can orient to your energy. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Okay. So my my sun is Virgo. Yeah. My rising is Libra. And my moon is Gemini. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've said this before. <laughs> we have a Gemini connection. But podcasting <laughs> is so great for any Gemini placement. And then with your Libra rising, you come through very fair and balanced. And you're going through your uh, nodal return right now, too. Mm, your your mm-hmm. North Node is in. You probably know more about it than I do, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know a fair bit. I mean, your North Node is in Aries and your South Node is in Libra. Yes, which is so interesting yeah. for me to navigate. And it's, yeah, it's. And it's a cool understanding to have. You know, I'm so thankful for astrology because I've been able to almost put into perspective and ground myself in what I know is my current work. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that, like, I am moving towards um, Aries, let's just say simply, and away from kind of like my more Libra like fairness and harmony, which is all well and good and amazing. But I think the part of me that kind of had to be put in a closet early on was that like more fiery Mm. Aries part of me. So I think it's no accident that it's happening now, Yeah, especially as I like enter motherhood and all the things. Oh, totally. It's so poignant when you really look at the timing of everything and the divine timing of everything. And that's where astrology can be so potent and incredible where you're able to see the map almost. And these nodal return times are those times where you really get a glimpse into life trajectory and soul trajectory. And you're like, oh, okay, this is 
what I'm here to do, here to experience. When you say what I now know is my work, tell me more about that and just the process that it's taken to get to this point. Yeah, I, at a very high level, I think that I have always been someone that is more concerned with the well-being of other people and the experience of the experience other people have of me over my own my own comfort and alignment more so alignment than comfort and I think what's happening now is and has been for the past couple years I think since I feel like since Sean came back into my life, like there was, there was definitely a rumbling within me of if you don't establish now how you want to show up to your relationships, to your career, to your creativity, to really anything, um, you might not get another chance for a long time. <laughs> and I think that was happening too, because I, you know, I was reconnected with Sean. I got married, engaged, married, and now and we moved in together. And now we are expecting our first child. It's like those life milestones, as incredible as they are, and as exciting as they are, really require me to lay down and or shed those parts of me that will absolutely not get me <laughs> where I want to go. Yeah. And, and one of those is the people pleaser. Yeah. Um, and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, like I feel like the shadow side of Libra is kind of that, or that's what it's felt like for me where I'm just like so concerned with like, okay, like I understand what you feel and I understand what you feel and I'm totally not taking into account how I feel. Yeah. And so I've just realized the power in, um, yeah, prioritizing my own alignment and how that actually benefits everyone in my life. Yes. And it might not be in the ways that I expect it. They might be triggered. They might not understand, but that's actually perfect for them. Yes. And moving your energy out of people pleasing, which is the shadow or one of the shadows, I would say, of Libra, in its positive, in its light filled, it's diplomacy, right? It's that ability to understand and work into everybody else's needs and settle it all out and make everybody feel really comfortable, which is your strength for sure. Yes. And, and yes, you know, pulling your energy away from that archetype is going to feel unnatural and unnerving for people around you who are very used to you doing that, not knowing necessarily that it's at your detriment. But mm -hmm. I love what you said, pulling it back to know that that's also for their highest good. Ultimately, even in the moment, it might be more friction or not necessarily received with a plume, let's say. Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, stepping more into saying how I feel, being in my truth, um, prioritizing my own alignment and needs, like, like you said, feels a little bit 
unnatural and feels a little bit scary because I do think it, it might rock some of my relational dynamics. Um, but I think what I've realized is like, I can't afford not to. Right. Like I'm kind of at that tipping point where I'm like, I can't afford not to lean into this because everything in my life is supporting me to step more into it. Right. Um, every change that's happening, whether it's writing the book, whether it's having a baby, you know, it's like all of these transitions and all of these like life markers are in one way or another calling me to step into that more. So I just feel like I'm very supported. I'm like, okay, totally <laughs> got it. This is going to be a little uncomfortable, but like, I can't not. You're doing it right. And I would say that to anybody who's going through their nodal return, give whatever the context may be, it is going to feel aligned and uncomfortable, if that makes sense. You know, it's like growth yes. doesn't happen in comfortability. That's where we, when we say the same, when we feel like, oh, it feels so awkward not to change and to change at the same time. So I may as well move forward, which I feel like is what you're saying. And I, I love that. Like, not knowing necessarily what the next step will be, but knowing that you're in the right place and, you know, doing all you can do, which is basically just focusing on you, Aries self. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's perfect. Would you say what else about the Aries North node do I need so to know in order to proceed? <laughs> <laughs> well, keep your hands, mm. uh, feet, all appendages inside the car at all times. You know, you're going to be moving fast. I think it's also like trusting your gut, like really leaning into I would say for you it's it's going to be it's going to feel like you're coming off the cuff, right? But it would be like just saying what comes to mind faster and practicing that a little bit more, like moving a little bit quicker, moving towards things you definitely don't know how to do and mm. with confidence, you know, experiencing mm. new frontiers. I feel like Aries are very much like frontiersmen, like pioneers, you know? Yes. And you are doing that in so many ways. I mean – Motherhood is definitely a new frontier for you, not for generations, but for you and, you know, moving into um, even just the way that you – the way that you host too, like to come up with something that is very new and um, that people follow suit from. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I feel that across everything, like where I feel yeah. like my – even the rebirth of my personal brand, which will be more so in the new year, but I'm kind of going at it not knowing how to do all the things that I actually want to create, whether it's yeah. like the YouTube piece or the blog piece that, you know, it's like, yes. there's so much of it that isn't clear, but like the fire is there. So I'm just kind of like letting that push me forward. And it's been it's been a little uncomfortable because I'm like, oh, well, shouldn't I have a strategy and a plan and a funnel and a something? I don't even know. It's like all of these things that you hear you need in order to actually make the thing. But I feel like that Aries energy is very much 
yeah, I feel that pioneer energy of like, okay, we might not see the path like 10 feet beyond what we see in front of us, but we trust and we know that like our commitment to it and our ability and willingness to lean in is directly proportional to like how incredible it could be. Yes. That is so perfectly said. And I love how you also said like the fire and the spark and and going with that and then letting everything else follow suit. Like Aries is a cardinal sign. It's a it's a start fire starter energy. Um, but Libra is too. That's why they're opposites, but they're the they're both cardinal signs, which is like the the firsts. Um, so in that way, I think you're absolutely right. And also allowing other people to help you, <laughs> you know, like knowing if you're going to step into like more of the creative visionary role, then you're not going to be the doer. You're not going to be the one in the details and Virgo energy. You probably, you're very used to that. I'm sure. Yeah. It's hard for me. It's very hard. Well, somebody said, I think it's so funny. D- perspectives are so different. I've heard, I've always heard the devils in the details and somebody just said, recently that God is in the details. That's opposite. Oh. So I'm like, what is the fucking (laughs) phrase? Is it both? Is it just on perspective? Is that highlighting like how our different perspective means what we relate to, which phrase we relate to? Mm -hmm. I feel like I relate more to God is in the details, not because I'm not down with the devil, but more so (laughs) like I'm just – I. Yeah, I feel like God is in everything. So I'm like, even in the, yeah, it's like even in the freaking mess. It's like, God is in the mess. God is in the details. God is in the, you know, it's. I love that. mm -hmm. Yes, that's totally true. And I mean, God is in the details is the Virgo catchphrase, like literally. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Let's have every, let's have every Virgo like chime in, but I, I think everybody would agree. No? Yes. Um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh that so you're at this stage and I, I feel like you know you have leaned so f- much into astrology and kind of letting that be a language to help you understand your path and your journey and yourself would you say astrology is one of those main languages intuitive languages for you to to study yourself what other languages do you use yeah definitely astrology and i've learned I've learned so much from you and from, you know, just various people I've come across, whether through the podcast or just in life. Like, I feel like I'm always, and I'm sure you feel this way too, but I'm really always a student with astrology. I'd never think I'm more than that (laughs) more um, because I'm always learning and discovering whether it's something about me or other people or um, the collective. And it's, it's, proven to be so, um, spot on and accurate anytime I've connected in an astrological sense. So yes, that's been super, super helpful. And oftentimes like when things are a little funky and I'm feeling just energetically a little, whether it's scattered or what have you, I am curious about what's going on astrologically at a high level and also like personally in my chart. So that's been just really confirming, you know, so I'm not creating more resistance than there needs to be in the present moment. Sometimes it just is what it is (laughs) and it's actually meant to be that way. Um, And then human design has been 
another uh, language that's really, really helped me. We, um, we had Jenna Zoe on the podcast early on in the life of the podcast. And we've had other, um, human design experts kind of cross our path. And I've just, it's like astrology just been the most like affirming thing ever. So I'm a manifesting jet five, one manifesting generator with a, an emotional authority. Mm-hmm. So just, I guess two ways in which that language has helped me to really navigate the world and like have a lot of confidence and compassion for myself as I do. You know, the MG is like the multi-passionate, um, must be lit up by what they're doing, must move on from what they're doing if it doesn't light them up. And it just like validated so many moments in my life where I'm like, I think I'm done with this and I'm not complete with it. And I feel like people are going to think I'm a quitter. You know, like I remember when I was young, like that was kind of a theme where I'm like, I want to try ice skating. I want to try horseback riding. I want to try soccer. My parents were like, should we make her stick with something? Like, is that what parents do? And they were always so good. You know, they kind of allowed me to flow and, you know, gravitate towards things that really called to me and try things. And if I didn't, that was okay. Um, And as an adult, that's like not as accepted. You know, like if you do a bunch of different things, whether it's in your career or creatively or both, people are like, are you going to choose one? Yeah. Like what is, so what's your thing? What's your niche? What is your blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I've never related to that ever. And I thought there was something kind of wrong with me and that I needed to choose like just one thing. And so it's been so liberating Mm. to understand that in my life, I am going to have so many iterations of me so many iterations of what I am offering the world, what I'm creating. And it's just given me full on permission to follow what lights me up. And then honestly, to let go of things that are not anymore. And I do that in, in perfect practice, but there are some things that like I still do that aren't lighting me up as much that are harder to let go of, you know, because it's become a part of my identity. Right. So there's that, you know, there's that piece. And then the manifesting generator emotional authority piece, um, I ride waves, you know, so I have to just be aware that I might have days where I'm in more of a heightened emotional state and it's not from there that I'm going to make my best decisions or have clarity and I'm also going to have lows, you know, and I thought that was my Gemini moon, but maybe you can tell me more <laughs> about that. But, um, yeah, I just, I do have highs and lows and, and it's been really nice to detach from what my mind and, or anyone else says about that. And just know that that's a part of my design. Yeah. And I do come to a more neutral place if I allow myself to feel the high, feel the low, just be there. It passes quite quickly. And so when I come to a more like middle ground neutral state, I have more clarity. I'm more grounded. Like I can kind of move forward and make decisions that are in 
better alignment. So yeah, I just like love myself more basically because I know that about myself rather than being like, why am I like this? What's wrong? Other people don't have like, don't experience this, which is untrue, but yeah. Yeah. I've just had a lot more compassion. I love that. It's so beautiful to hear these languages are basically like self love, um, paths to self-love. Let's say they're self languages, Mm -hmm. Mm self-study. I think human design, you explained that perfectly, especially the emotional part, which I relate to a lot too. And I think even knowing that one piece was so meaningful for my relationships, my life, like even in business, like you're speaking about a little bit too, which I agree as an adult, it's not as looked at as kindly. Um, to switch. Uh, I have, I'm a manifester, so I, I identify with that too. Like, you know, even if something is like not quite right, or like if you're just meant to start it and other people are meant to continue and you pass the baton, like, I think that there's this level that we think if we start it, we must finish it and it must be us that carries it across the finish Mm -hmm. line. And that's not necessarily true. Um, So I totally relate to that. Um, I also think I want to circle back to business, but I just want to focus on what your parents did for you, which I think is very helpful. And they didn't know human design, obviously, but human design is used really a lot as astrology is too uh, for parenting. So you can really understand your child and what they need. And so you're not trying to, yeah, force them to do horseback riding if they no longer like it. And if you knew that element, which I feel like our generation and all all of our children will get the benefit of us (laughs) being this way, you know, I know they're so lucky. (laughs) Um, But I think they were just like in alignment and in flow and just like paying attention to you and and what your energy pattern which like was like which is probably very different than your siblings which i think is yeah. so interesting yeah, too it, de- it definitely was and i yeah i don't i'm not saying they didn't have like private conversations with each other that were like <laughs> okay like she's trying another thing like jeez oh, like ice skating's expensive what is she just wants the outfits like what is happening you're like yes um, actually <laughs> But I think I think what they were seeing was and and appreciating were the times when I was lit up by something and how because I was lit up, I was able to commit to it. I wanted to practice. I wanted to be there and show up and be consistent. And it was very obvious when I did not. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I kick myself now, but piano lessons. I wish I played piano, no, but like those, I I had such a hard time showing up to and practicing and getting better and connecting with the teacher. I was just like, this does nothing for me right now. Um, so yeah, it's one of those things that I, I definitely encourage people to learn their human design, even at a, just a basic level, like it could unlock so much knowing just one thing about your design and give you permission to be more of yourself. And in doing so, like your whole life opens up. Yes. 
just taking one little nugget, I agree, and then applying it. I think that's what human design does really well is it gives you like that – what do they call it? Like an operating system. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas astrology, there's so many facets to it. And astrology does like funnel into human design. I just – I'm not an expert in like how. But it's a little bit more – trial and error with astrology sometimes and it also depends on these transits. So it you could be really in um in feminine flow but then being activated by a transit that's activating a masculine el- element in your chart and like really in divine masculine and that feels conflicting to you whereas other people would feel like amazing with that transit. So it's it gets right. I mean I think what we're talking about is kind of like those basic levels applied and and kind of acting as if you're experimenting. And I think human design does talk about itself as an experiment, which is cool. Yes. Um, astrology is to a certain extent too. Like how it's going to land or resonate with you is completely unique, which I think is the the coolest thing. But – um, I mean, that also brings me to back to your parents again, just in relationship to you becoming a parent and, you know, thinking about that and preparing for that, which I know that you're doing now. And first, I'm just innately very curious. Is it true that you become much more psychic and much more intuitive when you're pregnant? Mm. <laughs> in my experience, yes. Um, and I'll begin by saying I am someone who has a lot of incredibly gifted, psychic, <laughs> intuitive people around me. <laughs> and so my my journey has been like, I'm not as intuitive as the people around me. I am like they're more psychic than me. They're more spiritual. I, I have a little comparison gremlin that shows shows its face, especially in the realm of intuition and, and um, being psychic. But as we all know, we all have that gift. Um, to what extent? I think it differs within people based on a multitude of things. Um, but yes, I think Being pregnant has just gifted me this opportunity to shed so many of those beliefs that have created created static in my psychic field. So the belief that, you know, the belief that I'm not enough, I haven't done enough, I haven't achieved enough, the belief that... I'm not as intuitive as the other person. The belief that um, I need to sacrifice my needs in order to make other people feel more comfortable. I mean, the list is long. And when you're growing a life inside of you and you are deeply connected to this process, you have to you have to shed those beliefs in order for the process to actually take place. Otherwise, it's going to be incredibly 
difficult and painful to create the space in the room for this physical child, but also the spirit of this child to come in. You know, they, they've made a soul contract with you. You have made a soul contract with them. And so, so much of this has been a deep, deep surrender process of surrendering. And I think that's, that's part of what's required of you when you want to, um, just sharpen your psychic and intuitive abilities is surrender. It's not so much of the reaching and, you know, trying, trying hard and trying to find it is really about being able to surrender and receive. And that's what pregnancy is, you know, surrendering to the process, receiving this just immeasurable gift. Um, and also like receiving this and, and accepting this invitation to kind of die and be reborn through this process, which I think is the biggest activator of the psychicness I've been feeling (laughs) because, um, yeah, it's just, it's humbling beyond belief. You know, the parts of me that are being asked to die and the parts of me that are are being asked to be like birthed through this process. And, um, I've just, I haven't tried to overanalyze it. I've just trusted. And I think that's really helped me to tune in more deeply to the energetics of what are really happening. Um, and the final thing I'll say about it is just the ability to connect with my body in a different way, in a more profound way has been, has been kind of the dial that I've turned up my, my psychic ability with, like my body has always been the messenger of, of messages, um, and downloads. So the fact that this is happening in my body is, it's just like the, it's on a whole other level. So listening to my body, what's coming up, being so aware of how the mind tries to get in the middle of me and the messages that my body is sending. It's been a study for me over the last nine months. Um, and now I'll take with me forever. You, I will always know that my mind will always try to convince me otherwise or protect me or whatever, but my body knows. Mm-hmm. My body knows. And so, yeah, everyone listening, your body knows. That is so powerful to hear too, like just the awareness that you have of what's happening. And that as a psychic activation is probably the first and foremost ability that needs to step forward, which is just observation, you know? And we're all, I don't want to say we're all, but I think that's what sets the psychic maybe like activated people apart a little bit because we're sitting there hyper aware and from childhood maybe or from current situations, from being in relationships, you know, you start to really pick up on, yeah, people would say body language. That would be some people's verbiage, but you know, you can be telepathic with your partner or with someone that you're dating or with some, you know, 
and then you're using it as a telepathic opportunity to connect with your unborn child, which is so incredibly mm-hmm. cool. Um, but that observation is really that first step and and then it and then it takes also permission. So you said earlier I had the comparison gremlin or shadow coming up every time I would step into my psychicness or my intuitive nature. And I do notice that everybody who really leans into their gifts has been given permission to activate usually by someone mm. else, but it doesn't have mm-hmm. to come that way. It can, it can come from inside too. And I, I think for many people, it should. That's part of the process. That's part of the Aries North node, right? Like who is going to give you permission? No one. Take it. You know, like – yes. And I feel like this circles back to even like our first conversation. I remember you asking me that, do you think everybody's psychic? And my answer is always yes, to what degree? And then I'll take it one step further. To what degree are you working on it? Like to what degree are you in mm-hmm. development? And to have a conversation mm-hmm. with you now, years later, um, and to see the development work that you've put in, I mean, you see it compounds, like the results compound. It's just like <laughs> if you stuck with horseback riding or ice skating or whatever. Yeah. And some people who are just ahead in that regard have been practicing since they were the age where they were trying on the different hobbies, you know, mm-hmm. which I very much relate to as well. I also didn't stick with piano. Wish I did. Loved my teacher though. <laughs> But but like, you know, it's like my teacher Kimo has been practicing since he's three years old. Like that's wow. – sorry, you can't really compete with that. <laughs> like he's yeah, at the process cannot. of like writing books and compendiums and like seeing different like layers of spirit. Like it's okay to be wherever you are on the journey and to also know that it's like you can pick up at any time and with work and and dedication – practice, you can get even clearer. Yes, 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 yes. And I, we, we have the same therapist. Um, so we won't say her name, but, um, she's told me multiple times when I've had these moments with her of just like, so am I connecting correctly? Am I like, just tell me how to do it. And like, I've been doing my practices and this journaling and this meditation and then the, you know, whatever. And she's like, she'll just, she'll laugh a little bit. Cause she's like, you know, humans love that stuff. We love like the step by step and the very specific practices and and things that we should do in order to be more psychic, to connect to spirit, to connect with our guides. And that's all well and good. She's like, but you don't need it. Like it could happen in an instant. It's really about intention and presence. And I think for me too, the third thing is it's about like trust and faith in myself and what I am receiving and experiencing because I think my mind says, but, but aren't you supposed to hear their voices? Aren't you supposed like, is it supposed to look like this and knock you over the head? And it's like, no, in an instant you can. But I think to your point, 
it takes consistency with that. You know, if you're doing it just every once in a while, there's no way you're going to build trust in this process and with, you know, in yourself to be able to connect in that way. But I guess what I'm just highlighting is like, it doesn't need to be the three hour meditation into, you know, journaling with your guides. It can be, it totally can be, but I don't want that to be like the only path to that place. It's accessible to anyone at any moment, no matter where you are, who you are, what you've done in your life, what you haven't done in your life. Like it's available right now. Yes. So I love when she reminds me of that because I'm like, oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> right. Totally. I know. I I've, I think in, in that way, like that activation is so powerful from her too to basically – I forgot, but like she definitely validates the intuition all the time. And yes. I think that's really powerful to be able to work with someone who like can is tapping in in that way because it takes it beyond I think for a lot of people therapy feels like I've come diagnosed because I'm so self-aware and so like the therapist can often like validate that or invalidate that or like probe you in certain ways. That's what I always felt like. I talked for like 90% of therapy and then like the last 10%, she would add like a little dot dollop of wisdom and that was helpful or connected a dot and that was very helpful. But our therapist will often – like the other day I was like, I'm coming in here like basically for you to validate that I've already come up with the right answer. And she was like – she was like, okay, I know that you want to move on from this, but it is kind of important that we deepen into this, this and that. And had that, had she not probed in that way, I wouldn't have cleared what I thought was already cleared because she was just challenging my shadow and ego and all of those things that were coming up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, to that, to that point, I think even working with her is a psychic development process. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Which is super cool. Yes. She's, she's otherworldly (laughs) y'all, but, uh, yes, it's, and, and I think, you know, to your point of being given permission, she's given me full on permission and really gave me so much confidence in what I am feeling and picking up. Mm -hmm. And whereas before I thought I was kind of like sensitive and a little crazy and a little like, Ooh, like, I don't want to be picking up all this stuff. And she's like, no, this is yeah, this is like your part of your gift and everyone has this, but it's like being able to channel it. Yeah. Um, so she's really helped me do that. Where, what do you do to, to channel it? I'm sure it's different in every instance, but are you writing things down? Are you like getting it out in some way? Do you tell people? Yeah, I think it, it depends. Um, You know, for me, it's really important that I am giving myself space and time to be in my own energy, to be able to kind of sort and sift through what I've picked up on. So oftentimes that happens like in the shower. The shower is like a definitely a place where I feel incredibly connected to God and my guides. And um, so if I'm picking up on something, say in a work dynamic or in my relationship, 
I just go in there and kind of like use the water as a, just a natural kind of clearing mechanism. And then just like allowing, yeah, allowing my mind to like take a break and kind of wander and just letting like the feelings move through me. Like my, my feelings will tell me so much. And oftentimes it's like a matter of feeling fully the feelings. And then in the wake of actually feeling, there's like this calm water of like clarity around it. So sometimes prior to this, I would take the feeling. I'd be like, oh my God, this is such like, oh, this feeling is so big. It's so overwhelming. And I would kind of let that run the show rather than, okay, let me just feel this. And then let me see what comes through on the other side of feeling it. And that has been such an intuitive practice for me. Um, and I've just gained so much, yeah, wisdom from what's happening in my life, even if it's really hard. And then, yeah, writing, you know, writing's interesting. I, I love a soul journaling practice where, you know, I just kind of have a conversation with my soul through writing, but I've, sometimes I resist so hard to like sitting down and writing. So which tells me it's an important practice Mm -hmm. that I do. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's something that like when I do it, I feel so good, Mm -hmm. you know? So I I definitely want to commit more to that um, being a consistent practice. And, you know, I think maybe it's my Gemini moon, but like I really, that that verbal processing with someone, whether it's um, Sean or therapist or friend, like, yeah, to hear myself say certain things, not necessarily am I picking up on the words, I'm picking up on the frequency and same with the other person and or their perspective on what's happening. And it just helps me again to like sift and sort yeah. like, okay, that's what I'm bringing to this or that. Oh yeah, actually I didn't think about that perspective. And it's like, it just helps me make sense right, of a lot of things energetically. Yeah, that is, it makes sense given what you do for a living too. Like how speaking can provide a psychic level of understanding. You're picking up on certain words that people are using, but yes, also the frequency with which they're saying them, what people are saying mm-hmm. without saying it. And I think what people would naturally say is like, oh, that person's very intuitive in their language, but like taking it one step further and channeling it or using it or being really cognizant of that as a tool then takes it to a different level of development, which is super powerful. I mean, speaking of your work, and this is a call and response podcast, so I do want to get to the question from um, mm-hmm. from Vicky, who actually is part of your community and found me through y'all. So it's full circle. Amazing. But she asked how to trust or follow your intuitive path when it's contrary to what you should do. Thank you, Vicky. <laughs> Such a good one. <laughs> Yeah, it's um and I pause for a reason because it is um I think something that I I still come up a- upon even though I've felt like 
in certain um, experiences, I've mastered it, yeah. <laughs> but it still kind of presents itself almost as like a, just a sweet little test to make sure I'm still uh, following my heart in a lot of ways. Um, I've been thinking just a lot about what I have to lose if I don't trust my intuition and follow my heart. You know, there's so much more to lose. Um, and then I think about, okay, well, if I don't and I kind of do what I've always done or settle or, or just stay in that comfort zone of what people expect of me, you know, how would that feel? Right. How, and how has that felt in the past? Cause I've done that. And so it requires me to like really put into perspective those options. Like, what do I have to lose if I don't do that? And what would life be like if I just settled for comfort or settled for the same old thing? Um, so that's really, really helped me. And, you know, I love practicing this in like the tiniest of ways to build my confidence and trust in myself when it comes to following my intuition. So that could look like yeah, every single day committing to following your intuition, going outside, I'm going to go on a walk. And on my walk, I'm kind of feeling like I want to take a left down this street and I never do. I always take a right and then I go around the promenade and then I go. And it's like, I kind of want to take a left. And I have no idea why this is weird. Don't know how long it's going to take me, how far I'm going to go. And then I take that path. And then when I'm on that street, I walk past this like darling little flower shop that I've never seen before in my life. I go in and I meet the owner and she tells me a story about how she started the flower shop. And that inspires me because, you know, it's like there, there are these moments waiting for us every single day. And our intuition is like the map to meet them and experience them. So I just do that by proxy. I practice by proxy. I'm like, okay, Let's just do it in little ways. Like, yes. I'm hungry, but like, what do, like, intuitively, what am I feeling like I need right now for like optimal nourishment? Instead of just seeing the thing in the fridge right in front of me for convenience, like, is there something that would actually bring me more joy or satisfy me more or be what my body needs? Maybe I need a little more iron right now, but I don't even know it, but my body knows. Um, so, Again, we can do this in every single moment. Um, maybe it involves a no. You get an email that says, hey, are you available for you know a call at 4 p.m.? I know it's last minute, but blah, blah, blah. And you just feel like in your body like, no, actually I don't. I'm available, but I don't feel like that's an aligned time for me. Like I'm kind of feeling like I need a little space from this issue. How about tomorrow morning? So yep. – all that to say that like we just have an opportunity at every, in every moment to listen to it, trust it, and follow it. And when it comes to bigger decisions, like I get a lot of questions about um, should I end my relationship that I've been in since college? Should I move across the country? Um, I'm being called to do this. And those big ones are, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're big ones. They're really big for a reason. And so 
I think the best way I've been able to move through those bigger intuitive hits and trust them and actually act upon them have been to like look back at like how many times I've trusted my intuition and how many times it's worked out to me usually for me. And it's usually been 99, if not a hundred percent. And then you take the thrill of a lifetime and you say, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust myself. And inevitably what inevitably what happens is like, it works out because you trusted yourself. That was the point. The point was not to get to a certain end goal or experience. It's more so you trusted yourself and the reward is learning about yourself. The reward is happiness. The reward is that next like up level threshold. Um, So I kept thinking God is in the details, right? The way that you trust your intuition is in those little decisions, which I think people can Mm -hmm. get very tripped up with even like what to have for lunch and to use your intuition and play in those moments of trust that seem innocuous, but like the butterfly effect, we know that those little decisions do actually add up and map to something. And then when you get to the big decisions, you're like, all right, like I feel good about this. I have Mm -hmm. all this evidence. We've been talking about that on this podcast too, like write those things down. When you chose the right lunch and you felt really good, write it down. When you ate the goat cheese that was expired, which I did last night and you had gas, write it down. You know, like (laughs) make little dockets, (laughs) like not to chastise yourself, but just to remember like actually did have this like little twinge and Mm. I ignored it. You know, I didn't tune in at that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's Such a good one. Yeah, like that's just those little powerful mini moments, micro moments. God is in those moments. You are in those moments. If you can tap in and tune in and it seems silly, but make decisions from that point, you can never go wrong with the big ones. Yeah. So powerful. Completely. Yeah, I love the just the point about like – kind of retrospectively looking back and being like, yeah, I actually did have a off feeling about that, you know, because, and it's not to, to shame yourself or kind of, you know, slap yourself on the wrist. It's just like, oh, amazing. I actually had that ability. Like it was happening. I just, yeah, I didn't have the wherewithal to kind of follow it, but now I know. So it's like noting that it's just so important so that the next time that feeling comes around or something similar, you can be like, hmm, maybe I'll trust it this time. Exactly. Is there anything on your heart? I was going to say mind, but I'm going to say heart, stick with heart, Mm -hmm. that you really want to leave people with on this intuitive journey. And this could be, you know, trusting yourself to start your own business, trusting yourself to take that leap in the relationship, whatever that might be, wherever Mm -hmm. they're at. Yeah. This has been on my heart like the last week. I, I did like an impromptu solo episode and, 
um, I didn't really expect to like talk about it and, and for, or to get emotional about it. But I think when you follow your intuition, part of what your intuition is guiding you through is like, and we've talked about this, you and I have talked about this. And I think we talked about it on the, on the almost 30 episode that we have coming out with you which is like the death and, and birth cycle, the death and rebirth cycle. And so I really feel like our intuition is like, I'm going to guide you to have the most incredible, fulfilling, beautiful life, dynamic life possible. And in that, you have to be willing to let parts of you die, <laughs> parts of you be reborn, and also born for the first time. And if you hold on to anything, if you are so attached to anything, it's going to be a little bit more painful. So just trust me. <laughs> and I've, yeah, and stepping into motherhood, I'm, I've just been thinking so much about the parts of me that are dying and also the part of me that knows and is really being allowed to be like fully born and embodied, the part of me that knows that motherhood is one is probably my greatest purpose. And the part of me that's dying is the one that has felt like her success and just what she's like produced in the world thus far has defined her. Hmm. And while that is something I'm really proud of, it's not really like who I, it's like not really my identity. Um, it's just what I've done. So yeah, it's just, it's been something I'm thinking about. Clearly it's not fully processed, but I just want people to know that like that will be a part of the process as you follow your intuition. It's not going to be like, yay, from flower patch to flower patch. It's going to be like, oh, like I, part of me is dying right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to fully surrender, you know, there is like new life on the other side. There's always a cycle of, of death and rebirth happening sometimes at the same time, sometimes one right after the other. And you know, look to nature to see the beauty in it and to see like the, um, the resiliency that is built through it and the life that comes from it. So yeah, that's what's on my heart. So beautifully said, yes, we did talk about it. And I think it's so interesting you're at this stage because I felt that when you said that motherhood is my greatest purpose. And I think allowing yourself to have this space for motherhood at the peak or pinnacle of your career is really admirable. And I think it's tough for a lot of people, and I'll maybe just speak for myself, it's tough to feel like, do I have to get off the ride for an inordinate amount of time in order to do this? And that's what we've seen done in many ways or, you know, women mm -hmm. having a harder time reentering the workforce afterwards, but you've built this life for yourself that you can step back into whenever 
you choose mm-hmm. and you can do it all, but maybe not all at once and in the same way. And I think that's really so powerful um, for everybody to hear that it can be done in so many different ways and to watch people do that in different ways as our generation will, I think is going to be really one to watch. A hundred percent. And I feel like, yeah, we have so many opportunities to see other people do it their way. And it's like, mm, I've really been shown even in the last few weeks, just this, yeah, just this need and or call for me to be very clear about what is true for me. And what is true for me is that I I don't want to project or it doesn't feel authentic for me to project this idea that I'm a boss babe and I'm a mom and I can do this and I can do that. By the way, for some people that will be what is aligned and what is true and what feels really good to them. My work and what I'm being called to is can you fully step in to this new identity and embrace it and not want to wish your way out of it because you're uncomfortable with how people might see you as like, oh my God, like you're giving everything up just to be a mom or whatever the the beliefs or stories are. Um, yeah, in, in my solo, I just... I mentioned like just this inability for people to let go of like the maiden as they become the mother. Um, And I'm, yeah, I'm just being asked to kind of like let it go and allow it to kind of resurface in a new way through motherhood where I think motherhood is going to be the most inspiring thing for everything else I create in my life. Like it is kind of the activator. It's not the break in my career. It's not the pause. It's like, oh no, this is like the new ground upon which I am going to grow so many things. I think that is so powerful. And I want to tell you something that does come full circle with our therapist because in our sessions, She said to me, like, this is happening. You are to step into motherhood and you have this idea in your head that you have to achieve some level of success before you do it. And that has to, she doesn't say die, but basically that has to change. You have to open your mind and your heart and your body to this new experience and know that it doesn't mean anything about you and your career. It doesn't mean you will stop working. It doesn't mean that's a huge part of who you are, but it doesn't mean anything other than this is the right time to become a mother. That's it. Yes. And I think what you're saying is like, yes. And that can be a creative 
inspiration, joy, like all of these wonderful ways that that can open up your life instead of closing it down or, mm-hmm. you know, collapsing in around you and that it's different for everybody's experience. Yes. And it also offers perspective. Like maybe we've been focusing on the wrong things within our business. I don't know. Like I just think I'm excited for a total perspective shift on what's important and what's not. And it doesn't mean like things completely disappear, but I do think it will help me to be a bit more focused and less, a bit more focused in what I'm creating outside of motherhood and a little less caught up in expending my energy in ways that aren't serving the greatest expression. And I think motherhood calls you to that. Like you're, you got to be real. You got to be a ninja with your energy in motherhood. Um, and so I think it kind of teaches you that for other things as well. Yes. So beautifully said and powerful. And I cannot wait to watch you become a mother. I, I can't wait for you. <laughs> no, we're both kind of, we're both like in the energy. So I, um, yeah, it's, it's been a joy to talk offline with you about, about all the things too. And, um, yeah. And I would just say too, that like to have the ability to move through something and connect with people, friends who yeah, are just so self-aware and self-reflective and also like so deeply committed to their path. Even if like, even if our paths are like similar, but different right now, like there's just a way in which I've found so much healing and comfort and validation in talking to you. I hope you feel the same, but you can tell me offline if you don't. And, um, (laughs) um, I just think that's such a gift. So, you know, if you have those people in your life, even if it's one person, like, wow, how incredible and, and lean in, you know, that's why God gifted them to you or one of the reasons, you know, and we're not meant to do this alone. So powerful. I do so value you, our friendship. I really value you as the pioneer that's going first into the motherhood journey as far as my perspective goes. And I think for many other people, you're going to be that for them too, which I think is so cool to see that as a big purpose of I'm going first. And yes, you're not first as far as the world is concerned, but doing it in this way, I think is so powerful and, um, and introspective and reflective. And it's just so different than what I hear a lot of times. Um, I also thankfully, because I've waited, have other seen a lot of other people go into the motherhood journey and all these different perspectives that I feel really lucky to be able to sample from. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's really beautiful to think about just the timing of our lives related to anything, you know, finding your partner, getting married, having kids, starting the job, starting the, you know, business you've always wanted to create. It's like a lot of people will spend so much time being like, Oh, I'm too late. Like I'm too old to do this. Or there's, 
whatever. I should have started earlier, should have done this earlier. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, it's perfect. It's perfect. And that's a perfect example. Being able to experience it through your friends and people that you know and just kind of understand more clearly and deeply, like, well, this is how I want to approach it or what have you. Like, I felt that so much in my life. If I would have met Sean when I was, well, I did meet him when I was like 25. And like, if we would have started then and been together for 10 years, oh, we wouldn't be together. No, 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 no. So much had to happen. I love your story with Sean because it proves the adage, the right person cannot miss you. I love, and it's so true. Mm -hmm. And I think it helps people really trust their path and that there are certain relationships that are completely divinely guided because we've made these contracts. Like we spoke about earlier Mm -hmm. with you and your baby, you've both made a contract with this soul and you have this lifetime to figure out what's in there. It's cool that we don't get to see it, but Mm -hmm. we get to experience it and see it unfold, which I think is so beautiful but you having the chance to come back around at a time when you were more ready to receive a love like his and he with you, I think is just the most beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you. I feel, yeah, I'm very, very, very blessed. I truly am. I, I think that was like the one thing that just solidified my trust in the timing of everything. Yeah. And that's another little moment. That's not a little moment. That's a big moment. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's one to add. It's one to add to the book where I'm like, Oh, let me just reread. Oh, yep. All good. I can trust myself. I can trust the timing of my life. I can trust my intuitive things. Yes, 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 yes. Like do not, but we'll forget. We'll forget next week. So we got to keep going back to the book. That's why the documentation is so meaningful. It's because we're human and we like tend to forget it's a good thing because we forget traumatic moments too but like Mm. we forget good stuff I was just listening to Miley Cyrus talk to Kevin Hart he has a show called Heart to Heart Mm. on Peacock this is not an ad but it was really good yeah and she said that um Justin Bieber's mom asked her for advice at some point she was like still young and pretty young in her career but already very successful And she said, I wish that someone told me to like record in my mind when really big things are happening and it feels like everything's lining up and you're achieving this level of success, maybe having a manifestation. Now I'm taking her words and riffing on it. And I wish I sat and was present because I forgot a lot of it. Wow. And it was so human like mm-hmm. we see these you know celebrities is untouchable right but they're just humans spiritual beings having a human experience just yes. like us and for all the level of success up until that point until she was able to be present she it was a blur Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, that level of fame and same with a Bieber, like it's just, yeah, I love that point. And I think, you know, we can translate that for ourselves. We can, you know, I'm thinking about how do I translate that for 
my kids where it's like, how can you bring them to the present moment when things are happening, like big things are happening? And is it a conversation? Is it just asking them like, how do you feel? You know, like, what is that, you know, to be able to kind of imprint the moment in a way that, um, yeah, is meaningful. Yeah. And I love the idea of, you know, even with your motherhood journey, but then thinking about your kids as they grow up, like how do you bring them into the fold instead of seeing that as like a completely separate aspect of self, like Mm -hmm. the mothers that I think are having the best time are the ones that have really integrated. My sister is a great example of like has really like integrated all things into one really fulsome life instead of feeling like, okay, kids Mm. are at home. I'm at work. They're completely separate. Like, like severance, you know, like that show severance. Yeah. You have like no recollection of either side of you at any point that you're not, if you're not in that exact environment. And it's just not mm-hmm. the point. Yep. Not the point. Couldn't agree more. Lindsay, thank you so much for being here and imparting your. Wisdom and your humanness, and the things that you know for sure, and the things that you're not quite sure on yet. I think it's so powerful. Oh, I'm gonna use that as my isn't that my my bio or something? <laughs> Can you say that again? Like, I wanna like, did you your chat GPT? Like, that's my new <laughs> that's my new tagline. Things, you are very good. You you've always, I mean. I'm grateful to you because I feel like you're so open and honest about the things that you definitely know and the things that you're not sure on yet. Mm-hmm, There's this mm-hmm, phrase mm-hmm. that gets overused in the, in the corporate realm, but the people who definitely know what they don't know are usually the people who receive more success and respect mm-hmm. because they're willing to, give credence or ask for help or like understand that they don't know everything. And then they would hire somebody who would, or like ask somebody for help. And you're definitely, you're one of those peeps. Thank you. Thank you. Love you so much. I'm so excited about this show. I mean, it's so needed, so needed. Um, and I'm excited to connect with your community. Yeah. I know they're already, going strong. So to have a place where they can connect with you and listen to you every week. I mean, I'm sure they're freaking jazzed. I'm so grateful to you and thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed, please consider subscribing and or writing a review on the platform you listened on. And if you know someone who would really benefit from this episode, please share. All resources discussed will land in the show notes along with our socials. And until next time, talk soon.